0: Yo, everybody, welcome to the Ednium Podcast, where we have real conversations with the amazing talent in Denver's backyard to inform the system and change the game for the next generation. Hope you're thriving. Let's go.
1: And we're live. Good morning.
0: Happy Monday.
1: Happy Monday. We, uh, we had to take a couple minutes before we started just to... <laughs> It's eight o'clock on a Monday. You know what I mean? We, we usually do this in the afternoon, but we, we got here. We got some coffee. Bro.
0: We made it work.
1: You feel me? Uh, tell the world who we're talking to today.
0: My name is Diane Miles, and I'm the CEO of Dope Mom Life.
1: Dope, dope. What is like, I got asked this question the other day, it was like, when people ask you to introduce yourself, what are the things that you probably should say that you don't take
0: say? You know, it's interesting because when you said that, I paused, I said my name and then I paused yeah. and I was like, oh, okay, and and here's my job title, which I usually hate. Yeah. Like, um, it's that hierarchy. Like, why does it even matter what your title is? I don't think that really matters. I usually tell people like, My name is Diane Miles, I'm a mom of two amazing um young adults that yeah. are in college uh, born and raised in Colorado and um yeah i do dope shit yeah
1: i do dope shit that's beautiful <laughs> um and we do dope shit that's the most beautiful i think that should just be your like bio probably <laughs> like or
0: whatever yeah let's nah, like,
1: do dope shit you know I, mean? I
0: have a candle
1: do you that says that's... i do dope shit <laughs> that's cool um I don't know that hit me because like you're one of the people that like tend to remind me of like my worth like just in general right like you're always pushing me to say like nah don't do that do this like you're dope and like you've, you've lived it you've demonstrated and i've been thinking about it a lot where it's like damn okay when i was young you worked so hard and hard to get the title and then when you get it you realize like it didn't even everything is cracked up to be or it shouldn't be the only thing that mattered, you know what I mean? Or that shouldn't be in the right pursuit. How did you get to that point to, to lead the way you lead? Oh, good question.
0: Um, I think it's been seeing people who, um, who have loved on me throughout my journey. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be able to, to fight for my worth if I didn't have people who saw something in me and forced me to, um, not play small, but to play big. And I feel like that's my job with anybody and everybody that I come into contact with. Um, and then I, I think lately it's been so interesting. I've been kind of like in this kind of sad I mean the winter is already like you know you get the winter blues um which I get pretty bad every year but I um I've been like what are the why am I doing this why why do I get up every day why do I do the work that I do why am I on the boards and the committees and why do I do the community work that I do and I had a moment actually this weekend Mm. and I had a good book um I'm reading Rick Rubens and oh, it's, it's not like his autobiography. It's just like,
1: what's it called again? Cause I just picked this up too. Uh, it's not about like creative.
0: Creator. Yeah. Creative I ain't even going to hold you. I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll, it figure it out.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll link it somewhere. I don't go. know. Um, I had, I had my book. There's, I love plants. So my house is full of plants. There's, everywhere. Um, But there's like my favorite corner in my house is in my living room. And um, my favorite plant is a monstera, So I have a million of them, big ones too. And, but there's just a bunch of plants in this corner. And I had these like floating bookshelves made. Mm. Um, I had this inspo and it was like a jungle (laughs) vibe. Um, But I have them stacked instead of like on the wall. It's just my favorite corner. Like my diffusers over there. I have like my, all of the things. And I was in a moment of sadness and I'm I'm sitting in this corner. I have my book. Um, I'm looking at my plants and I'm like, oh, I love this for me. Mm -hmm. And then I put on some Sade Mm -hmm. and, um, it was my mom's favorite, one of my mom's favorite artists. So like whenever I just need like some of her energy and some calmness, she wasn't a calm person, (laughs) but whenever I need some calmness, I'll play some Sade. And, and it just brought me to like, what, what is important right now in life? Like Mm -hmm. at the end of all of this, um, I want to be happy and I'm not happy right now. Hmm. So yeah, I don't know why I went into that. There was a point, but, um, all that to say loving on people, loving people makes me happy and brings me joy. And so I work to, I work to do that every day. I, I try to live by loving people, um, in its truest form, and that doesn't mean I'm like I used to think it meant like you're kind. I'm not mm. kind though, because I could be an asshole. Um, but I love hard, yeah. and and I think that's one of the most beautiful things about me. Um, and at the end of the day, that's that's what I want to be known for. Yeah. Like Diane loved the shit out of everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you're doing that every day right now?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty good. I think you are. I, I'm. I, you know, obviously we can always be better, but I, I, I love love yeah. like all of it. I love that shit. I love loving on people. Um. Yeah. yeah
1: you're just working through that. <laughs> yeah. You know, at some point it might not be for the pop, but it's just like I, I don't know. I, I was kind of having same a similar revelation where it's like, and I think there's a lot of things that we're hearing from alumni too, where it's like, all right, cool, like all the things are working. Right? Like they're working. And why do I still feel like what is it? Where where is the missing piece of it? And that it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Um and when I when I talk to a lot of people, we're hearing from alumni like, yo, and these are like we're talking to like younger alumni where they're like, look, I went to college, I did all the things they said I was supposed to do. And like I'm still kind of struggling whether that at that time might be financially maybe, but what we're hearing more than anything is like this lack of like clarity and whatever the next step is, right? Because the the obvious next step isn't there. Um, I was thinking for myself today too. I was like, well, damn, like I I had made the proclamation I was gonna run my own thing and build my own thing by the time I was 45. Is what I said. I did that 27, 28. So now I'm like, all right. <laughs> I, no one ever taught me how to like be cool and be happy in the moment, right? It was always about like the grind and the next step. And I don't I don't know how to solve for that. And I think there's a problem that a lot, of our, a lot of our folks are having. What advice do you have for us?
0: It's a problem all of us have. Yeah. We live in a society where it's always the next thing, always the bigger thing, the nicer yeah. car, the bigger house, more money, bigger bag. Um, so we're constantly chasing this imaginary thing. Yeah. There's, um, instead of just being fully present in ourselves. And I think that that's, that's all of our problem. Mm-hmm. Like what is next? What do I want to do next? Yeah. Um, I hate when people ask me, what do I want to do next? Cause I'm like, I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I take one divinely guided step yeah. huh. every day. Yeah. Um, and I think for our youth, we really have to stop um i mean social media is trash too so mm-hmm. you you're up against that and and <laughs> people yeah. post in you know um we always call it they never break the fourth wall mm-hmm. so in video production right like you yep. see Three walls. You never see the mess yeah, yeah. behind that fourth wall. <laughs> there's
1: this there's this line by this dude, Annie Minio. He says, uh they're throwing up pictures at the party, but not never the ones throwing up at the end. <laughs> you listen, you never see the listen, aftermath at that party. You do not see the aftermath.
0: No. You see the, the glitz and the glam. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a fourth wall, honey. Yeah. Always remember that. But um, I mean, in and being in Colorado, right? I have two adult children who are in both in college, and my, my daughter was like, DJ needs to do this and do that. And, um, and we really sat down and had an honest conversation about what it takes to survive in Colorado, mm. rent, utilities, mm-hmm. Wi-Fi, like all of the bills, car note, car insurance. Um, and, and they were like, Oh,
1: <laughs> this is real. That's how much. Yep.
0: Um, and I'll speak for myself as a parent. I think we got to stop forcing our kids out and. I will not force my kids out into this world yet. I want them. I have a soft place for them to stay right now. Um, fail, figure it out. Yeah. We send our kids out here and they think they have to be a success right off mm-hmm. you know, the bat and they have to have it all figured out. And none of us do. Talk yeah. to some of the oldest CEOs that are running some of the largest organizations and you'll realize they don't know what they're doing. They're just figuring something out. Yeah. And so stop creating this idea that we have it figured out because we don't and mm-hmm. allow our babies the room to fail um, and understand that it's a part of the process and fail as big as you can, as early as you possibly can, and as often yeah. as you possibly can, because that's where you really learn who you are, yeah. what you want, what you don't want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important that we let kids know, fail.
1: Man, I've been trying to tell my... I'm, I'm working through that right now, too. I tell people now that like they're like, oh, man, you took this risk, you did this like not like really my superpower is i would say like my grandma my grandma betty like (laughs) she's the type that she's like look nothing you do is gonna make me love you more or make me love you less you know what i'm saying so when i need a clap she goes what do you want a cookie like i still love you the same and when i mess up it's like still love you the same and we didn't have much but i had my grandma's house i know if everything fails I could go to grandma's house so and she's gonna love me regardless and that's mm-hmm. I think that's been my superpower moving yeah. you know what I mean um but with my son I'm like how do you encourage him to fail because I see in school it's not about learning it's not learning from your failures you know what I mean like at one yeah. point I saw he had struggled on his math test or whatever and I'm like well did they give you the paper and tell you what you did wrong no nah, they just uploaded it on the on the mm-hmm. computer so I'm like well what are we doing here You're not learning how to learn. You're not learning how to fail. You're not learning how to take risk or nothing. You're just learning how to try to get the right answer all day. You know what I mean? So what happens when there's no right answer? I don't know. I don't have that. I don't have those answers to those questions. You feel me?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the school system is an old, outdated model. Yes. And I think the real learning has to happen outside of school. Um, And it's up to us to teach our babies the rest of what, the school mm-hmm. doesn't teach them because you're right, school just teaches them how to get the right answer. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I can't trust school to fully educate. Enough.
0: Oh, no, you know what I mean? No, looking at my children and realize, even me as a parent, yeah. and I, we've we, they understand credit, they like all of the things I have taught them. Um, they both have high credit scores, credit mm. card, like I've done all the right things, and then I still right they're 19 and 21 they still didn't understand like all of the they had an idea that mm-hmm. i have to pay all these bills but my daughter was like oh all of that's not included <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. a little baby <laughs> yeah, yeah for real <laughs> no Yo. no it's not um and i started listing you know as i started listing out all the bills and then i was like on top of that i mean both of them you know have some scholarships and stuff but they still have school bills yeah um and then them too. Like yes, they work part-time, part time, part-time, part part time, but they're full time students. And mm. I've always told them, I'll take care of you as long as you're in college, yeah. um, and get in your education. Like that's no problem. And it and it has been a requirement yeah, for me. Yeah. I know, right? We say like, what's the next thing after the next yeah. thing? And you know, obviously, when we're talking to our kids, we're like, you go through elementary school, you get to middle school, you get to yeah. high school, you graduate high school, you go to college, college. you go to. After you graduate college, you get a good job, Um, and and now that they're in college, you know I'm like, how how do I prepare them for Mm. the real world? Like, and and what is the real world right now? Like, like, and what am I preparing them them for? Um, And like I was saying earlier, my ultimate goal is to be happy. The reason I quit my corporate job and you know, cushy, mm-hmm. six-figure office and, right, all the things is because I that wasn't safe for me, hmm. right? They say I took the biggest risk and mm-hmm. I started my own thing. For me, that's not the case. The yeah. risk was in staying where I was at. That was risky. Yep. Um, I wanted to find my happiness, and I think we lost we, – we lost – what it's really about mm-hmm. and um and the truth is it's it's about happiness at the end of the day yeah. um if you have a bunch of miserable people out here suffering mm-hmm. um unhappy yeah. you know going home drinking escaping trying to escape drinking and doing all the things to escape like that's not true happiness it's just um, you're, you're a zombie. Yeah. you just, just
1: trying to get through,
0: trying to get through life. Yeah. The ultimate goal is when you're sitting at home mm. with yourself or with the people that are the closest to you that, that do know the real you, that mm-hmm. do get to see the real you. Um, are you happy Yeah. when, when <laughs> there's nothing to distract you? Yeah. Um, and that little self-talk is there like are you happy? And that's what we need to teach our kids is how to find that that happiness.
1: I wonder how much sometimes, you know, I think I've realized I don't don't do a good enough job of like recognizing the happiness, right? Like yesterday, Super Bowl Sunday, kicking it with my pops, kicking it with my wife, my kids are playing. You know what I mean? And all I seem to figure out is like a way to stress out about like the pizza and the fact that the pizza was expensive. And I found myself complaining about that. And then I had to like check myself to be like, yo, like you're in your house that you own with your people and watching the Super Bowl and arguing with your wife about Usher and why he's trying to take my girl, Alicia Keys. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, Usher. Sure.
1: <laughs> I, I was like, man. I, I was telling you earlier, like, you got, I was like, Alicia Keys been my crush since I was six years old. He got close to Alicia Keys. Then he took off his shirt, and my wife was like, "Woo!" I felt like I lost everything in that moment. I'm like, "This is this You're is like, ball the game." Keys
0: is expensive.
1: <laughs> the, Usher's up here. Swiss was put like I
0: told you earlier. Yeah. Swiss was somewhere punching the air because yep, yep. Usher was all over his wife <laughs> and your crush. Yes. Um, and then was, yeah, Usher took off his shirt trouble. and he made every
1: <laughs> uh, He made. wasn't
0: like my childhood crush, but like yeah. you know, he was like cute as a you know. Mm-hmm. Um. And then to see him still, I was like, okay,
1: yeah, no, Usher. He's, he's usher, still John Aluta
0: had to do it again.
1: I, w- I was surprised how many of like, just all of the lyrics I knew to all of his songs. Yeah. I think it's just a result of me riding with my mom when I was a kid. <laughs> like, I was like, whoa, I know all these. <laughs> I was singing and everything. And then, you know, it had break my heart. But it was like, why can't I, what was it that made me stress about the pizza? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why couldn't I just like sit in that moment and be cool? And I wonder how many times, too, like, for folks, it's like, nah, actually, like, you're good. Yeah. Stay well, good. and I
0: think that's awareness, though, too, right? Yeah. Like, I like to say I, I'm i a very self-aware person, yeah. which I think is important. Um, but there's a step after self-awareness. Then mm-hmm. you have to check yourself. Not that those moments aren't going to happen and you're not going to be like, I mean, I ordered, <sighs> we had crawling crab. Cause Mm. I knew pizza was going to be ridiculous. Wings were going to be ridiculous. So we, we got crawling crap. We love seafood. Um, and it was like $90 Mm -hmm. for the three of us. And my daughter was like, Oh my God. (laughs) Um, insane. I was like, yeah, that's wild. Yep. Um, but I have it. So why am I tripping? Why am I tripping? Um, And it's in those moments, it's just coming back to, like I said, just being present. Like, all you have is right now. It doesn't matter that you're the CEO of such and such. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank account. Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. When you're fully present in that moment and you get outside of, like, that little voice that's like, "Mm, this is the mess, and this is (laughs) crazy and why are we doing this? And just be present. Like, oh, Life is good. My babies are here playing. They're happy. They're healthy. My right. wife is here. My dad is here, or your pops. Yeah. Um, I call my my daddy or my um, my F.O.G. F-O-G. What's that My favorite name? old guy. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like me to call him my favorite old guy, so I had to the like F-O-G. hide it. But he does, so he doesn't even realize I still call him it.
1: <laughs> that's hilarious. My grandma used to send uh, <laughs> when she was learning how to text. She used to go. Uh, She'll say something like, you know, your auntie fell down, LOL. I'm like, what? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm sick, LOL. (laughs) And so I finally asked her, I was like, Grandma, why are you laughing at everything? She goes, what are you talking about? I was like, you're putting LOL. Like, that's like laugh out loud. She goes, oh, I thought that meant lots of love. Oh, <laughs> you
0: got to love little old
1: people.
0: I so, sent my dad an emoji or something. And he was like, why are you sending me that? And I said, my bad. My bad. <laughs> my bad F-O-G. My bad, me dog. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, like, we we get so caught up in so many other things that do not matter at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't have the past, you don't have the future. All you have is the present. And, and right now, I think my, 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 my job right now, Mm -hmm. um, is to figure out how to fully stay present and, in mm. in myself right now. All I have, the reality of life mm. right now is all I have is me, you, and these mics. Mm. And that's it, right? Like, yeah. I don't have my kids. Yeah. I don't know where they're at. <laughs> one yeah. just texts me like, can I get some gas money? I was like, you yeah, have my card. Um, I don't know where the other one is. Most of the time <laughs> I don't know where my children are. Yeah. It's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your kids are? They're grown No now. clue. Yeah. They're they're grown. Yeah. Um, and so, how can I just be fully here and not mm-hmm. worry about the to do list that I have, mm-hmm. all the emails I have to send, the sales I have to do, the team, mm-hmm. my meetings, all of the things? Yeah. All I have is, all I got is right
1: now. Right now. Yeah. I got to be better at that. We I'm, I'm better, I'm gonna, you know what? We're putting this phone down. Goddamn. You know? <laughs> it's what's happening. Same. Right and <laughs> it's such a beautiful thing. And like, I think you do. I don't know, there's something about you and every time that, you know, we've been able to sit down and kick it and interact, like you do, you pull people into the now. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I assume that's like part of why you are great at what you do in terms of storytelling and everything. It's like that you have a way of capturing that in that moment. But before, like, before we get to that stuff, like, walk folks through your journey. Um, Where'd you start? How'd you get here?
0: (laughs) This is always such a, you know you like where do you start um and i always go back here because i think right like when you talk about defining moments and i'll just do the highlight real you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um pregnant at 16 Mm -hmm. um i ran track was an olympic hopeful Mm -hmm. from the time i was in middle school i had colleges looking at me Mm -hmm. and then um obviously not speaking to me but they'd speak to my mom um she her dream deferred was was the Olympics. My grandma's mm. dream deferred was the Olympics, mm. and so they just knew I was I was gonna be. You were the one. I was the one. I wasn't the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got pregnant at sixteen, had my son at seventeen, and then um, got pregnant at eighteen and had mm-hmm. my daughter at nineteen. Mm. Twenty one days after I turned nineteen, so mom of two by nineteen. Um, I dropped out of high school because it's amazing how different people treat you yeah. once you get pregnant. And for men, their dad stayed in school. He was fine. Nobody, yeah. I mean, they knew he had a baby on the way, but he was fine. Yeah. My body was changing. <laughs> I was big. And the way people treat you and yeah. engage you is just wild.
1: Me and my wife have that conversation a lot. Yeah. Because um, I think folks, if they listen to this, know that my wife and I had our kid at 16, yeah. too, our, our older son. And- um, And and I felt it a little bit, right? Like I tell the story about, you know, going to get these tickets to go visit Stanford. And then they found out I'm having a baby and they took them away and like all that stuff. But I did. I was able to move around. And I remember the the most, the craziest thing is I ended up getting this like internship. And it was about like teen parenthood. Because like we got pregnant around like the teen mom. Era of mm-hmm. like MTV, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I
0: just missed it.
1: <laughs> but uh, Devon Open yeah. Media was trying to do this thing to counteract it or whatever. Yeah. It ended up in there and everybody else dropped out. So I turned it into more about like what it's like to be a minority mm-hmm. father, like a young minority father, because my dad was that, you know. Um, but I remember her telling me, she's like, Yeah, you're like celebrated for be- being with your son. And like, I'm looked at as like, Ah, oh, you're mm-hmm. just another teen mom. Mm-hmm. And I never understood, at the time, I didn't understand the yeah. impact of that, you know what I mean? But it's it's real, yeah. like the expectations, the perception, everything. Like, it doesn't matter who you were.
0: No.
1: Um, I mean, still me to out. this
0: day, though, like even really? like dads, you yeah. guys are just celebrated for being great dads. <laughs> yeah. Moms, it's like, yeah, you're supposed to do that. And,
1: and, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if we have to be great. We just have to be like around. You just have to paying be attention. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like. No, going home to the kids. Then what does that mean exactly? Yeah, like, are you taking care of them? <laughs> yeah. Are you engaging? It doesn't matter. You're yo, celebrated. Yo. Go on, take care of the fam. Yo, go, go take care go, of the fam. Go to the fam. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So wild. So pregnant. Had had my two babies. Um, got into the workforce. Um, <laughs> I do tell this story. So. Yeah. Farmers Insurance was hiring for a recruiter, and I did have a job. I was working at Adelphia, which is now Comcast. Oh, okay. And um I was working in their call center, but it wasn't paying a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And um, Farmers was hiring for a recruiter, but I had never mm-hmm. been a recruiter. But MCI, do you remember? Maybe you don't remember, mm-hmm. Lord, you're so young. <laughs> so MCI had shut down. Okay. Um, And it was like one of the, like I think it was like 18, I don't know, I didn't work there for yeah. real. <laughs> but they had shut down like all of the mcis and so i was like yeah recruit it for mcis <laughs> I just <laughs> lied on this resume a bit <laughs> and i went in i've always had the i've always had the art of relationship building i've hmm. i've always had this like just,
1: that like, gift yeah, yeah like
0: yeah. um and so after my interview, and I'm sure I was the youngest, you're recruiting insurance mm-hmm. agents essentially. Like people have to pay mm-hmm. to become an insurance agent and you have uh, to have a credit score like yeah. it's it's a lot. I'm I'm twenty two
1: huh.
0: and I I go in, it's paying like twenty-eight dollars an hour or something yeah. and it you know, all the I won't count how many years that was ago, <laughs> but... Um, I mean,
1: that's a solid salary now, I guess, or 22, 28.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I mean, it wouldn't...
1: Pay all I the bills, it, yeah, money, it can right, do all those things. Yeah, fine. no, I feel but, you.
0: Um, but back then, it was, it was really good money. I yeah. was making really good money. And I took him a handwritten thank you note. Huh. after my interview and that's he said that's what got me the job. And so I started my career in HR and worked my way up. And when I left HR, I was um I ran an HR department. I staffed truck drivers. Wow. Um but my guys loved me. I had like like a hundred plus guys that worked for me, but they were solid. Like they used to yeah. the relationships have yeah. always had <laughs> <laughs> I've always had the art of building great relationships. Um and I dealt with sexism, racism, ageism, all of the isms at this organization, and um, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you the real story about that another time. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I quit the beginning of May, and I was turning thirty one at the end of May. Hmm. I was going skydiving, and none of my people hmm. would go with me. Um, and the, the theme was, Diane, black people don't do that. A Facebook post recently, like, you know how your yeah. memories come up. And I posted, going skydiving, who wants to go? Because none of my girlfriends yeah. will go. And all of my girlfriends had commented on it, like, Diane, we told you black people don't do that. <laughs> and um I was like, well, we do, because I'm black and I'm going and I'm mm-hmm. not the only one. Yeah. I'm not li-. um And so, went skydiving and why? I think that's like. What, 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 why was that so important to you? I'll tell you, yeah, I'll get yeah. to it. So I, I go skydiving um, and then I'm like, I just, I want to document these things. Mm. So I had my kids like record me jumping out of mm. the plane. Out, So I ended up taking my babies Yeah. Um, and I was like, this is going to be really good or really bad. It's going to be real. it's going to celebrate, we're going to celebrate or we're yeah. not. <laughs> Either way, it's going to be compelling content. So. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it's going to be real good. Um, so my, my kids watched me jump and recorded it and I wanted to start a mommy vlog. Hmm. Um uh, just me and my kids adventuring. Like yeah. I just we love a good adventure. And then after um just research and, you know, having conversations, a lot of conversations with my dad at this point, like deeper conversations, um, around racism. He grew up in the segregated south mm. and, you know, went through all of that. My dad's the youngest of seventeen. Mm. Um and so most of my first, not most, all of my first cousins are mm-hmm. like my aunts and uncles because they're yeah. so much older than me. I'm usually their kid's ages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and some of my first cousins were the first to integrate in mm-hmm. the South, like went, were wow. the first to integrate into white schools. So that's just context to say like my dad was like... Um, well, it's a, it's a trauma response. So we mm-hmm. say black people don't do that as a response to the trauma that we've experienced. Mm-hmm. So out the outdoors wasn't safe, as adventuring mm-hmm. wasn't safe. And instead of having to tell our babies, like, mm-hmm. you're not safe, X, Y, and Z could happen mm-hmm. to you. We just say we don't do that. Yeah. Um, and then it just gets passed down generation to generation. And we, huh. we lose the context yeah. um, because we don't understand, like, historically we weren't safe in those spaces. And... Um, and mm-hmm. so once I learned that, I I think that prepared me for the work I'm doing now and how I tell stories now and right and there's been I've that's been a journey in and okay. of itself right it hasn't been just this beautiful like I started dope my life <laughs> and everything was roses it was it was a grind I got evicted
1: mm.
0: from my from my place um, all all you know with the goal of I'm going to find my happy. Mm. So now to be here and, um, and (laughs) to make millions, um, and to, to not be happy, I really had to sit in that this weekend. Like, Mm. like what else, Mm -hmm. what, what, what else do you need to achieve? 4% of women period net revenues of a million and more. Mm-hmm. most black women 70% of us never get past $50,000 annually and you have hit this mark that only 4% of all women mm-hmm. yeah. and point like 3% of black women get yeah. um 0.03% of black women get to these numbers huh. what else do you need to accomplish like to feel to, good to be happy um when this was your goal your goal was to be happy so Started the Mommy Vlog, went to school for video production and editing at Emily Griffith. Mm. Um, and really, I just wanted to be in front of the camera, but I had a mentor, rest in peace, Dick Chase, mm. who was like, um, don't just be a pretty face, like know how mm. to to do the stuff behind the scenes. And um, I fell in love with, with videography. So mm-hmm. I was an expert videographer. And I say was because... <laughs> Nate wouldn't hand me a camera in <laughs> one of our Black Magics today. Like, Diane, you got that? Um, <laughs> he finds old footage and he'll That's be like, shot. oh my God, who shot this? And I'm like, Nate!
1: <laughs> I could do this too. Nate, I
0: was good back Um, but fell in love with, with videography, knew I never wanted to edit. So I, I I truly believe like, if you don't like it, don't force yourself to do it. So Mm. often we get into entrepreneurship and we're like, we have to do all of it. That's not your entrepreneurship. That's just being self-employed and driving yourself crazy. I've always known, no, I don't want to do this. I don't like it here. You do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll figure out how to make us some money for you to do it.
1: Yeah. Hey, <laughs> um, I'm just learning that lesson now. I'll tell you more about
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so to sum this all up, I said long story short, and then You're I good. always take the- That's the, why we're the, here. The, yeah. the long road, the main streets, <laughs> um, or the side streets. Um, so- Started the mommy vlog, had a little meeting. I I always am strategic about where I sit. I like to sit up front, but I'm also a talker, as you could tell, Mm -hmm. as you know. (laughs) Um, so I need to be in the mix, too. Yeah, 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 And so in our classroom at school, I sat up front, but in the back, if that huh. makes sense. So I could see everybody's stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: But I was right up front so I could pay attention, too. Because if I'm in the back, I'm just talking. I'm, I'm not telling, paying attention. Yeah. I know me. Mm-hmm. I got to, you got to look at me. We got to <laughs> look at each other.
1: That's <laughs> how we're learning. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're engaging right you now. Got, right whole... here.
0: I could, t- I'm going to still talk, but I'll limit it I'm up here. But I could see everybody's talents like mm. from i could see who was who were the best editors in our class and daniel who's who's our lead editor oh, to wow. this day um he was i think he had did like a semester at msu or something huh. and then came to emily griffith and he i could see his talent huh. and then we worked on a internship project together and he was amazing yeah. we worked great together um and I, I took two people into this room and I was like, hey, I have this idea for a mommy vlog called Dope Mom Life. Like, would mm. you guys, would you edit and would you be the videographer? And I was going to oh. be in front of the camera, obviously. Because <laughs> that's what, right? Yep, yep. Um, and they were like, yeah, let's do it. And so I started the mommy vlog. Don't worry, you can't find it. I've hid all of those videos. because.
1: Or is it you are saving it for your like documentary I'm not. towards the end? Nah, no. that has to come out sometime. No,
0: I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know that.
1: I found a new project to convince you on. <laughs>
0: um, and then it just it honestly just grew and evolved from there. And like I said, there was a lot of failures. Yep. And um, um, I kept the name Dope Mom Life, even though now we're a full-service video production yeah. company, because the reason we tell the stories that we tell in the way that we tell stories is um I want us to be the hero in our story when our babies watch, watch um our videos, when community watches our videos, when we watch <laughs> our video, my video, Dope Mom Life's videos, um, I want people to see themselves reflected in a way that um that gives them the sense of pride. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I could be that, I could do that, I am that, yeah. no matter what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we make up like percent of the media industry. Huh. And so somebody else has always told our stories, yep. in, which means somebody else becomes the hero of our stories. Mm-hmm. And, and we're made to look like
1: these background characters. This deficit and, yeah.
0: like, this, these poor little people, look at them. Mm-hmm. But we came in and we did what we needed to do. Where mm-hmm. somebody came in, there's always another hero in our story instead of us. Um, and I tell people, as a black woman... I've never been on a deficit sheet in America. Mm. I've always been an asset Mm. since my people came over here. And you will tell my stories as such. And that's how I tell our stories. We're assets. We're not colors. We're not incomes. We're assets. Um, Hmm. And and now I I just get to do that work
1: every day. Yeah, that's beautiful.
0: (laughs) So there's my...
1: (laughs) So what's crazy is like... So, like, from the, from an Etnium side, too, I think one of my biggest frustrations in the education space and, and all this stuff, it was always, like, a deficit mindset, right? Like, I'm, like, poverty pimping kind of a thing, right? Like, you go to fundraisers, you go to all these different things, and so one of our biggest values are, like, values and things that we preach to alumni. is Like, look, yes, we all came, 99% of the alumni, like, in our network right now, were those first-generation black and brown students that... You know on the marketing material that people tell stories about all the mm-hmm. time and it's like we're not going to come in here talking about some poor us we're going to say like look nah, look what we did despite what you what you gave us you know what i mean and uh one of the biggest things we heard from we did this project with dsf not too long ago and they wanted us to look at uh they were looking at the numbers and they saw black and latino males men in particular were persistent in college Lower than anybody else. The w- women are killing us right now, like in the post-secondary department. But you, we grabbed a group from both demographics and asked them with uh, folks who graduated from college. And we asked them why. And like the number one thing we would hear was people feel like they did stuff in spite of the system and the supports that were supposed to be around them, not because of them. Mm-hmm. Right? Very rarely do you hear somebody say like, oh, you know, my the system got me. X, Y, and Z. It was always something in spite of that system, in spite of how it treated them, in spite Mm -hmm. of how it was structured for them to figure out. Like, everyone that's done something that's, like, uh, sustainable and worthwhile needed, like, it was almost a requirement to break the norm. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to, there's something, I don't know if that's something that's just built into a human to do it. Or if it's like a catalyzing event or if it's the love around, it was probably a mix of all of those different things. Yeah. Um, But yeah, how do we make sure that we're telling our stories in a way that's from a place of power? Yeah. Um, that's why we like to do these podcasts too.
0: And I think it's so important. I also, I also, as you were talking, I was just thinking about like, my babies are so spoiled. And sometimes <laughs> I'd be like, What? Yeah. When I was your age, yeah, and then yeah. I'm like, when you were their age, you were a mom of two mm-hmm. and out here on your own, struggling, girl, yes. like when yes. you when you were their age. Um the goal, right, isn't to struggle. I hear uh, like, oh, these kids need to suffer. You got to put them. Th-. <laughs> Why? Like, is that what we're here for? Mm-hmm. Like you brought these beautiful babies into this world for them to struggle yeah. and stress out.
1: Yeah. What's the point?
0: Um, That's not it. That's not to say we won't face adversity and, yeah. and stuff won't happen and we won't have to figure out how to build that resilience. And um i think the more of us that continue to pour into them and love them mm-hmm. and show them um we're here and and we are their soft place to land yeah. the more luxury um the more luxuries they have yeah. the softer the life that they get to live yeah. and it's important that we do that for them cuz yeah. you don't have to struggle and we and and we don't have to overcome mm-hmm. <laughs> um the things that were that were meant to break us like these systems the education system which is you know what it is um
1: yeah it's just like how do you i don't know i struggle with this with my kids too it's like (laughs) okay cool how do you build in the resiliency how do you build in a sense of urgency how much sense of urgency do they need like what's you know you need some of it right i don't want to throw away all of it and yeah, like they shouldn't have to be stressed out the same way I was stressed. If they're stressed out the same way I was stressed out, I've done something wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, and then like also, how do you prove to them that they have a soft landing spot? Yeah, I, I talk to a lot of a lot of folks when we're asking them, like, you know, they have dreams. They they got things that they want to do. They and the thing that's holding them back is just fear, mm-hmm. like fear, of failure, fear of like not being loved, fear of like losing the sense of security that they that they have right now. You know what I mean? And it's like, how do you start to build things around folks that say, like, well, go try it? And if it don't work, we still got you. Yeah. Right. Like
0: well, I think there's that healthy balance and that that the healthy mix of allowing them to experience life
1: mm-hmm.
0: and to have to crawl out of some of that stuff. Yeah. And then here are the things I can teach you and I can show you. Some of this, you just have to hit it. Yeah. And and it is what it is. Um, and I'll love you through it. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to uh, – now I, I no longer, t- like, offer my kids advice right off the bat. Mm. I'm like, do you want my advice or do you just need me to listen? Mm. Um, or can I – and then afterwards I'll be like, can I offer you something? Because, I mean, you know, I've yeah. been through a little bit of life. Can yeah. I offer you something? And they're either like, yeah or no. Most yeah. of the time they're like, yeah, now. Yeah. I think they're starting to realize, like, mom knows a couple things. She ain't been <laughs> through something. Yep. Um, But I allow them, I allow them the space to, Mm. to, to have, to err. Like Mm. you have that as a human, my job as your mom and the vessel that brought you here, which is all I am at the end of the day, you're yours. You belong to you. I'm just, I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm here to nurture you and love you with everything I I have. But you still get to experience life, yeah. <laughs> whether that means I'm driving myself crazy yeah. sometimes, like sitting at home, like, Nervous where day. are they at? Why aren't they home yet? It's 2 a.m. Um, and and whatever happens out there, like, that's your life to live and your exp- those are your experiences to have. Hmm. But I think there is a mixture of you allowing them to hit it and not being like, nope, don't do it. Nope, yeah. you're not going to. but. Hey, yeah, and I'm still here. So at the end of it, when you go through it, I'm still here to love yeah. you. And all of our babies need
1: that. That seems like, like a beautiful balance. Because I think sometimes like the opposite extreme is I'm going to protect you from everything to never have to struggle either. And it's like, nah, go live.
0: Oh, no, I was a helicopter yeah. mom. What are oh, you? real bad.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> when that switch.
0: Yeah, um, their dad forced me. Mm. Um their dad forced me. Yeah. <laughs> like, where, where they? I think they needed both. They All kids need both of their yeah. parents. But right, like when I look at my babies, they needed both of us. They needed me to be who I was. They needed their dad to be who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't together when they, you know, we had broken up when they were younger. And I would go to his house. We, we've we always been best friends. We've mm. always maintained a really close relationship. And I would go, like, he'd have them on the weekends. I'd be like, I miss my babies. I'm gonna go hug them. And i get there and I'd be like, Terrence, where are my kids at? And he'd be like, I don't know, girl. Man, they're chilling. It went to Seven Eleven or something. 7-Eleven? <laughs> <laughs> the crazy, I wouldn't even let them outside for real on mm. their bikes without me being outside with them because I was like, I just know somebody's gonna kidnap my yeah. pretty little babies yeah. and I'm not gonna let that happen. And so I have to have my eyes on you. All some. And he forced me to allow them to grow up. To
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's important. It's yeah, important. I always wonder, like, how how much do you feel like your your work and your professional life and the things that you've built like translate? Or I guess like when your kids are looking at you, do you think they're seeing the things that you're going? Like, how much do you share? All of it. Some of the struggle. I
0: I used to not share any of it, and then no. I realized what a disservice I was doing hmm. to them because. Yeah. I hid my failures from them. Mm. And so the first time my son experienced his biggest failure mm. in life, it broke him in a way that broke me. Mm. Like I was like, oh, I have not prepared my baby for failure. Mm. I have I have shielded them from the impacts of all of my failures. Mm. And and you know, to live is to fail. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. um and I protected them from all of that. And it I did them such a big disservice. Yeah. And that's not to say I still don't spoil them and they don't live that life, but now I'm I'm very I'm open and honest. Yeah. When I'm having a bad day, I used to like fix myself before I got home. But I'm like, this is where I'm the safest. Hmm. And with these two people in this house in hmm. these four walls, I am my safest here. Like, yeah. why wouldn't I show up as my whole self I'm not giving them the freedom then to show up as their whole selves so they can't have a bad day and come home and give that to me um so now when I when I'm when I'm failing (laughs) when I'm struggling all of it it. they know it we sit down in the living room we have little meetings and we talk about it Mm -hmm. or I lay in my bed and they come and lay with me and we talk about it um yeah.
1: And it reminds me, one of the best pieces of leadership advice I got, um, you know, I try to be big on, like, this whole concept of, like, restoration weeks and people taking their time and time off, right? I want to be known as the leader that, like, cares about you as a human. Yeah. And someone was like, well, you don't do that. Mm. And they were like, so, like, regardless of what you want to think, man, like, you're in the position that you're in. And, like, you can't shy away from the fact that you're, like, in a leadership role here. And so what comes with that is if you could say it to your face turns blue, but if you're not also practicing it, it's not it doesn't feel safe for anybody else around you to yeah. take that time and do those things and be vulnerable with their failures and to do all that kind of stuff. So it's like at some at some point you're just kind of talking shit if you're not willing to practice it. Like you yeah. gotta you gotta model that. And it seems yeah. the same thing holds true at home. Like yeah. they're they're watching you. They're they're taking cues from you of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um
0: hundred percent.
1: Which tells me it's like, damn. I shouldn't have yelled at Annie for leaving the leaving the milk out because I do that shit all the time. Yo, <laughs> you know what I mean. And be like, looking
0: at the kids like, like you <laughs> didn't put none of your stuff up. Meanwhile, <laughs>
1: meanwhile my coats over there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like everything has a place.
1: Yeah, yeah, except for I'm except super except for when I'm doing it. Yep. Yeah.
0: um, I'm I I suck at that. Mm. Taking time off, I can say my team. They are not like me. They nah, do they it. practice it. Yeah. No, um, I but I think I honor their humanity in such a way that they know. Like
1: mm-hmm. um, you got to prove it.
0: Yeah. yeah, Mel was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be working from Spain for a week. <gasps> I know short notice. Sorry." Yeah. Um and was in Spain and worked for a week yeah. from Spain. Um,
1: do you ever? Do you ever struggle with the fact that like all that and like you're still the boss? Yeah. Do you, do you, do you struggle with that positionality? Like how you you doing? And I
0: hate when they call me the boss, which is is so interesting. Yeah. yeah, Don't say that. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a true believer in teamwork makes the dream work. Mm -hmm. Like I know I'm able to do what I do because I have a solid ass team Mm -hmm. that does what they do. They show up and show out. um, And I do my part. I Mm -hmm. do my job.
1: Um, We play a role.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes it's my vision. Mm-hmm. Yes it's my company. Yes I'm the CEO. But in order for me to have a title the title CEO and to do the work that I'm doing I also have to have a strong team around me. I remember Barack Obama said like if I'm the smartest one in the room I'm in the wrong room. Hmm. And I put the smartest people around me hmm. in the things that they're the smartest at mm-hmm. and and I let them do what they're great at and yeah. I do what I'm great at. And I'm great at doing that. Yep. yep. Um so I I have the best people around me um, and I get to be good at what I'm good at because I don't have to worry about is the edit getting done? Nope. Um, are we filming? Is the production plan out? Is it's our, are our clients being communicated with? No, I have... I have a solid ass team (laughs) and they show up and show out and they live, they live the values of dope mom life. Um, Anybody that hasn't stayed with us, they're not with us because they didn't live the same values. Um, And, and that's okay. You know, you release everybody with love and allow them to go find their happy, but I have a solid ass team. Um,
1: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, What what advice is like, if someone's trying to say, like, we're trying, to, we're trying to do this thing called the, uh, it's called the Leadership Launchpad, and we, we switched it up for, for it to be younger folks, and we're starting to build it out now. And what I'm saying is, like, I want to give folks that are, like, in their early 20s the gift of, you know, when we talk about leadership, we always talk about, like, oh, how are you going to be a good leader, and how are you going to do this? I was like, and I want them to be able to identify the type of leaders they want to follow, mm-hmm. right? Because um, I think that's going to be that could make or break you early mm-hmm. in your early in your career. You know what I mean? What would you suggest for folks that are trying to figure out, like they're just getting started and they're trying to identify like the type of leader um, that they're trying to follow? What would you look for in someone that you might be willing to follow right now?
0: That's, oh, that's a good question. Um, I think most of my leadership style has come from people that I didn't want to be like. Mm. And so... they (laughs) sadly those are the the leaders that have been my biggest teachers i mean obviously now i'm surrounded by um a lot of ceos right Mm -hmm. once you become one it's like your your network becomes that and um and there are like some really beautiful um denver zoo shout out to them they're one of our clients i love burt over there, I think, um, you know, when everybody else is kind of backtracked on their DEI initiatives, he doubled down, mm. and and I respect that. Mm-hmm. So I like, I look for qualities now in friendships, and mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of my CEO community. I look for people who I respect. Mm. Like, would I be okay? with my kids coming to your house, um, and house sitting for you. Hmm. And if I wouldn't,
1: then nah, we can't rock like that. Yeah.
0: Cause they're learning from you too. They're learning, you know, how to be an adult, how to be a leader. And I think there's this idea that everybody feels like they have to be the boss. Yeah. The reality is not everybody can be a boss, Mm -hmm. um, for whatever that means. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. It's
1: a different level of pressure and things you gotta think about. And, yeah.
0: and it's okay to not be the boss. Yeah. Like shit, I wish somebody would know. <laughs> tell me
1: what to do. I say that until someone tries to tell me what Listen, to do. <laughs> I was
0: like, you know what? I couldn't work for anybody ever again in my whole life. There's just no way. You want me to be where when?
1: Yep, yep. I'll knock all this shit over. I'm not gonna do that. Um and
0: and not everybody is cut out for this life. Yeah. It The pressure, mm. not only, I've been a mom since I was 16. I've always had the pressure of taking care of people. Mm. Like I left home <laughs> as an 18 year old with a baby about <laughs> to be pregnant with my second yeah. out on my own. Um, taking care of other people their livelihoods, uh-huh. their families, that is a different level of pressure. Hmm. Um, and there, like I was saying earlier, there's a difference between being self-employed and being an entrepreneur. Hmm. And you can be self-employed all day and go out and drive yourself crazy and do all of the things and be a one-person show but to be a true entrepreneur means that you employ others hmm. and you're responsible for others and that level of pressure hmm. everybody wants to be the boss until you got to do boss shit yeah. and um just really sit in that cuz you're not just responsible for you yeah. you're responsible for other humans yeah. and and
1: that shit's scary
0: that shit's scary yeah
1: yeah what do you think could have prepared you better? Oh,
0: I don't think I. Th- I think life happened exactly how it was supposed to. Huh. Um, there's a resilience that you develop and build as a as a teen parent mm-hmm. um, who really takes on the role and the responsibility of parenting your children. And I think life has prepared me, has been preparing me my whole life hmm. to do exactly what I'm doing today. Did you do you get our newsletter?
1: I don't think so. Oh, we yeah. gotta fix See, I just that. The, the, the just failed. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> we, gotta we gotta make fix that happen. Yeah, we'll do that um, right
0: now. Our newsletter, um our monthly newsletter came out on Friday and this this um we just started in January oh, though, so you're not too far behind. Right, and I'll forward you this one. But January uh, February's newsletter, um was about storytelling. My, um, when did you fall in love with storytelling? Mm. And so it's an ode to brown sugar. When did you mm. fall in love with hip hop?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I, I had my whole my whole little newsletter laid out and I was, I was talking to my, my mentor shout out, Makisha Booth and, and one of my great friends. And she was like, well, when did you fall in love with storytelling? And I was like, yeah, my mom called me little Miss chatterbox. I was little and she got me a book. And she was like, no, like when, what was the moment you fell in love with storytelling? And to, I had to sit and mm-hmm. dig into when did I fall in love with storytelling? And I've been a storyteller my whole yeah. life. Yeah. I, I have been a storyteller my whole life, but I remember there was this, and I talk about this in the newsletter, me and my mom were sitting in the car. She was driving to Texas, me, her, my brother. My brother was in the back sleep, and I'm sure I was talking to her for hours on end, and I was telling her some story about the stars, and like I had created this whole thing. And at some point, (laughs) she looked at me, and she was like, go to sleep. (laughs) And I was like,
1: okay, (laughs)
0: okay. and I think it was that moment. I remember going to sleep feeling like this sense of pride, like I had just, I just I spit some hot fire. Uh-huh. Like I just <laughs> did what I came to do, and and I I knew in that moment I was hmm. born to be a storyteller. Hmm. And um, and then and life has just taken me through all of these amazing twists and turns, yeah. and um, some not so amazing. Losing her hard, right. Mm-hmm. She's the reason I decided to pursue my happiness. Mm. I would have continued to work in, you know, my corporate job and do the thing because my family was proud. I had a good job. I yeah. could take care of my family. Um, but her death was like, go find your happy because this mm. isn't forever. Yeah. Um, and at the end of this, what do you want? What do you want to be true for you? Mm. Um, and I want happiness and love to be true for me. Mm. So go find that and. Yeah. I think everything prepared me to be exactly
1: who I am today. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. When did you fall in love with storytelling? I think at my core, that's what I am, if I'm being honest with you. Um, the
0: best CEOs all are storytellers, are the, are hmm. some of the best storytellers in the world.
1: Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Because you got to get people to buy into something, um. right? You got to you can't buy into something unless it has some type of soul to it.
0: Listen, you can't sell anything. Yeah. You can't build a team. Yeah. You can't build a network yeah. unless you are a great storyteller. Yeah. And right and all storytelling is is um is, is it's a relationship building tool. So yeah. how do I build? And we've been able to build a dope relationship because yeah. we just exchange stories all day long. Yeah. We sit.
1: That's really literally what we, we do. Have, <laughs> and we just share stories. Yeah. 100%. Hmm. I wonder how we, no one teaches us storytelling.
0: Oh, they don't. But it's also, right, like, um, you know, I've had to fight for people to pay me what I'm worth. Yeah. It also took me, being okay with saying no to projects unless they paid me what I was worth, mm. um, and I, you know, I still fail sometimes, and I'll mm-hmm. take them on because I just want to work with people. <laughs> but um, for the most part, right? Um, when we, th- when people think of storytellers, we're an afterthought, mm-hmm. right? Like media, mm-hmm. we're an afterthought. The reality is, media and storytellers move culture. Mm-hmm. They move everything they move information Mm -hmm. um and i think there needs to be especially for our babies who are creatives there needs to be more respect put on our name you know what i'm saying because um we're sending kids out here into a world where they don't know how to tell a story but they can text you a couple characters and some emojis they can get on ig but this face-to-face interaction which is how life works, Um, they don't understand how to do that, how to sit in the uncomfortable of, I don't know you, you don't know me.
1: Working out the awkwardness, like yeah. how do
0: I work through that? And the only way we work through that is by being open, vulnerable, and being willing to share our story. Hmm. And we and it's not an art that we teach. It's hmm. something that you have to figure out or you're born with it. <laughs>
1: well, and it's kind of demonized sometimes too, right? Like oh. I, I was I was blessed because I think I was I came up, you know, my dad's a great storyteller. Um I came up around a lot of good storytellers, right? Like that's yeah. how we exchanged wisdom, you know, mm-hmm. and I remember like you know my grandma and all her sisters or whatever, and we had a super small house, so I'm just kind of sitting there and I have to listen to them talk to each other and everything and but everything's in the in the in the means of a story mm-hmm. um, and it's like <laughs> on the other side of my family, it was kind of like, oh, you have the gift of gab. I used to hate hearing that shit like yeah because i'm not I'm not just bullshitting you i'm 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 trying to communicate with you how I perceive the world like I'm actually. Mm-hmm. I'm actually trying to really give you something, um, or I'm sharing a piece of myself. So for you to dismiss that, you know what yeah. I mean, it's kind of is is always made me upset. Um, I mean, again, and like on this podcast, it's like really trying to get people to tell their stories because yeah. people can hear that and be like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I could do this, 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 and this, you can know, trigger something else within you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and it's like what I hope someone could say is like, oh yeah, listen to this podcast. And you know, they might not even remember your name, but they'll just remember, I, I listened to this podcast and this woman, she she, she started as a insurance recruiter and then <laughs> somehow built this like million dollar like storytelling thing and shit, what's what's my version of storytelling that gave me love? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And if it could just trigger that, like it can it can yeah. mean a lot. And, um, and I think about that with systems change too. It's like, it's not an afterthought for testimony for some shit you already decided based on the numbers on the paper. Nah, uh, these stories are the things that are telling you what's actually happening the numbers kind of just back it up. You know what I mean? Um, But how do we get more people to value that as a skill set that's necessary for you to be able to move through the world?
0: I always say, look, go to the Capitol and listen to people testify. Mm -hmm. They're telling their story. Yeah. If that doesn't tell you how impactful a story is and how important sharing your story is, I don't know what will, right? We're talking about systems change. We're talking about... um, get into the root of the problem mm-hmm. it happens at the capitol right yeah. a lot of the work that we have to do is to change laws mm-hmm. um that that are oppressive and have been oppressing okay. us for a very long time and in order to do that you have to sit in front of people um and share your story
1: hmm. yeah yeah we should start doing more of that
0: Oh, everybody because I'm I am a great interviewer. Like mm-hmm. so when I when I am on set and I am doing my thing. Yeah. Um, so I am still an expert. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Interviewer and director. Um Everybody like people walk away. We just recently did a episodic series. Uh And I mean, we talk about some really deep stuff. Hmm. And, you know, I'm meeting these people for the first time. And I'm asking them some of the hardest questions. Hmm. (laughs) And they're telling me some of the um some of the things that impacted them the greatest in their lives like losing you know spouses and mm-hmm. um and playing crashes mm-hmm. and like losing parents to to you know drug overdoses and mm-hmm. um i have to sit down with people and i have to build a relationship in an hour i have mm-hmm. to get them to trust me mm-hmm. so much that they will share some of their deepest darkest secrets with me in <laughs> an hour on camera with a room full of people yeah. and lights beaming in their face
1: Shit. How do you do it? Like, what's your, do you have a method or is it just a matter of like going in there and being authentic and being real?
0: Yeah, I think um, I love Brene Brown. Uh-huh. And there is something special about being vulnerable, right? Like <laughs> people often tell me like, Diane, you know, you, you need to you need to limit like how many people <laughs> how many friends you have and I'd be like for what why mm-hmm. um, <laughs> people can choose to use what I share with them for mm-hmm. bad or for good it's up to them they have a choice we have freedom of choice mm-hmm. nobody's ever gonna take my choice away from me because I'm scared to share who I am and my stories mm-hmm. because of the fear of what they're gonna do <laughs> mm-hmm. with that information um, mm-hmm. that speaks more about them than will ever <laughs> than it will ever you know, mean anything that is true for me. So, um, I'll never let anybody choose how I show up in this world. And I'm just going to love people and share my story and be vulnerable (laughs) and build a connection. And when I leave people, I do want to leave them with a piece of me. And like, Um, right? And it's true. People will forget what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And there's a safety and a security in, I get to show up as me. I get to share my stories as me. And if you take that information and you you don't hold it sacred, that's on you. And you get to experience the other side of that. That's not for me to deal yeah, with. That's yeah, for you. Yeah. And it's going to feel shitty for you because I mm. know who I am. If there's anything that I am sure of in this world, it is it is who I am as a human and my heart. Mm. I know that shit is beautiful mm. and big and it loves. Um, And people feel that when they sit with me, right? Yeah. And, and so I always say I walk away with like a best friend. <laughs> I am that person. Like, I get yep. out of an Uber, like, yes, girl, it's going to be all right. I know he brought you out here from Louisiana. You're going to be okay, girl. Let me know if you need anything. You know I got some. <laughs> like, whole life
1: stories. Yep, yep. <laughs>
0: um, and there's beauty in that. And I I, I would never choose anything else. Like, I, I love people.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Anything else you want to leave the people with?
0: I want to leave our babies with... Um, with this. Anybody that comes on this podcast and sits down with you and talks to you cares about them. Mm. And if they ever want to reach out to anybody that they hear on this podcast, do it because they will definitely sit down with you. If there's a career opportunity or a career that you're interested in and Mm. somebody's on here talking about it, reach out to them, find them, LinkedIn, instagram facebook find them reach out to them you (laughs) reach out to you Mm -hmm. and have you connect um connect them with with whoever they you know want to sit down with and use the people that are here we're we're here to be used not to be misused but we're all here to be used
1: love it that's the most beautiful plug we've gotten on this pod (laughs) hit us up yo i appreciate you thank you thank you Peace.